This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey there, it's Doc Thompson, pinch hitting for Glenn Beck this Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I've been doing a lot of hosting the last couple of days, and I've been thinking about Thanksgiving a lot and talking with people. And I said something on the air last night, and I almost kind of shocked myself. And I just said, it's going to be a struggle to come up with things to be thankful for this year. And I thought about that. It was almost stream of consciousness. I I hadn't realized that was my attitude until that moment I said it. And I'm somebody that's really thankful. I think about my blessings all the time. And I realize how, how beaten down I am the last six months or so. Some of it was the election. Some of it was personal things in my life. Uh, loss, you know, loss of life. My father died earlier in the year. And it's not that I don't have things. I have countless things to, to be thankful for. But that's really been on the forefront of my mind. I've been just so beaten up that I I really haven't been counting my blessings like I should. Because I think that's the beginning of us living happy, happy, healthy lives is when you start saying, hey, I'm okay. Yeah, I don't live in a mansion. I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm not all these things I want. But I'm okay. I have my health and my family or whatever it is that, that you're blessed by. And I hope you'll think about that this uh, this weekend as well. Spend some time tomorrow and I know you may feel like there's not a lot to, to be thankful for, but there is. And that's going to be my struggle in the next 24 hours or so. I'm going to, in the coming year, do some things that I've been focusing on anyways in the last year, but even more so. And it's going to help you a lot. You probably heard me mention last hour that I'm going to give commercials away on Friday. And I'm going to on this program. I didn't tell Glenn about it, so I hope he doesn't poo-poo the thing. But I'm going to let you call up because I want to help you. I want to help make your life better. I want to help make your life better because it's also going to make America better. How can I help? Unfortunately, we have too many people saying, how can I help myself? Politicians, D.C., this is just the attitude we have now. So I'm going to try to live it, even more so. Already on my morning radio program on the Blaze Radio Network, and you can find out about it by going to theblaze.com slash doc, I host a Building America segment where I just give people free commercials. I'm going to do even more of that, more business, information, knowledge, expertise, help you, promote you, whatever I can do, because ultimately that's going to be better for all of us. A rising tide floats all boats. If you do better and some other people do better, the whole thing's going to do better. That's my commitment. That's what I'm going to be working on. It starts with me. Hopefully you'll take the same attitude. 
Uh, lots of good things happening. If you would, please follow me on Twitter, at Doc Thompson Show. It's at Doc Thompson Show on Twitter. On Facebook, it's slash Doc Thompson Show. And if you want to call in, it's 888 We got uh, the big Thanksgiving holiday, and a lot of you probably are uh, used to people giving you Thanksgiving tips and some other things. We're going to do things a little differently here when it comes to Thanksgiving meals. We talk about the holiday meal. Celebrity chef Patrick Mosier is joining us now. He has uh, prepared some dishes, some, some good dishes and some food fails. And Patrick and I talked about this. How are you doing, sir? Good. Good to see you, Doc. Uh, talked about this early on that if you go on um, Instagram, you'll see the pictures where people make mistakes as they try to do something. Yeah. It's like, okay, here was my attempt at making that cake. And, wow, that doesn't look like a soldier at all. No, there's a lot of nailed-it photos on there that are, that are <laughs> yeah. pretty much Yeah, that's what they it. call yeah. it. Nailed it, nailed right? It. Nailed it. But I think, what about all of the, the failures of concept mm-hmm. in design or, you know, as you're going, hmm, maybe I'll do this, and that's the fail. And you have to see that a lot in restaurants. Yeah. Especially you with younger chefs. Yeah, I mean, you see it from restaurant design all the way through the plate at the end of the, you know, at the end of the day with the chef. But, yeah, we see it all the time. So, a little more ambitious sometimes than maybe they're ready for. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So let's talk about um, the holiday, first of all, mm-hmm. uh, and preparation, food preparation in, in general. I don't know if I should let the cat out of the bag, but in the grand scheme of things, making Thanksgiving dinner is not as difficult as other dinners or things you could make. I mean, Thanksgiving's not that difficult, is it? No, it's time-consuming, I think, is the biggest thing. But it's all prep work, though, right? So it you is. You can do a lot ahead work, and then... Throw it in the oven. Walk away. Pull it out and eat. Yeah. So, I mean, that stuff's pretty easy. But, I mean, people are stressing about this stuff. At least you can do a lot of it early. Absolutely. You know, you're not timing everything to come out exactly the same like some meals. Pies can be made the day before. Mm -hmm. Your dressing can be made before, uh, reheated the next day. Turkey, you throw it in three to five hours before it's ready to go, depending on the weight. And you're ready. You know, it's that easy. Make the gravy last minute. Now, there's some some things that people do um, that are unconventional people don't like mm-hmm. turkey whatever they say we do something different or whatever and you have one suggestion that was a non-conventional thing that the staff has been drooling <laughs> over for the last hour or so what did you make that's kind of a non-conventional food item well it's kind of a play on the first thanksgiving which we know they had venison we know they had seafood and and one of the seafood was probably lobster so inst- i couldn't get venison and a lot of people don't like venison i went ahead and stuffed a tenderloin beef with, tenderloin beef tenderloin <laughs> sorry a beef tenderloin with um sautéed mushrooms in butter, and then whole lobster tails down the middle, trussed it up, and roasted it in the oven. So you've got a lobster-stuffed tenderloin? Correct. You know, in all this time, I thought to myself, there's no way to dress up tenderloin. It's tenderloin, right? I mean, there's a, how do you make tenderloin better? <gasps> Lobster-stuffed, butter, mushroom-stuffed tenderloin. Why did I not think truffles? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> truffles. How do, you, how do you make it even bigger? That's got to be pretty easy for a, a meal, though. That's a lot of prep work, and then in the oven and out. It is. I mean, um, but again, it took me, what, 20 minutes to prep it this morning, and then 40 minutes in the oven. That was it. Okay, so you're just cutting it and stuffing it, right? I mm-hmm. mean, after you saute the mushrooms, just Yeah, that's actually the hardest part, because you have to mince them really small so you don't get too much liquid in them. Okay. But it takes forever. It takes like an hour to do that. Oh, okay, so that's mm-hmm. the worst part of it. So yeah. I guess you could just do the lobster. Yeah, you don't need the mushrooms. It's okay, just, that's just it's a little just extra. a little extra for us. Um, do you have to worry about the lobster overcooking in there, or is it because it's the middle it probably takes a little longer? We actually pre-cook the lobster tails about 80% of the way. Wow. Take them out of the shell and put them in there, and then you don't have to worry about it. Because if they don't cook, 
you have the whole contamination factor, okay. shellfish, meat, different temperatures. But you really don't have to worry about easier. them overcooking at all? No, they're, they're insulated pretty well in the middle. Okay, slice that up. i got to see it. <laughs> slice it up so the staff can at least see a sure. piece of it or whatever. And if you want, uh, you can check it out, the Blaze TV, and we'll post a video a little bit later on. I'll all, uh, do links to it. It's at Doc Thompson Show. I have to apologize to all my mentors using a sushi knife to slice this up. But yeah, we have limited uh, restaurant supplies here. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. That's going to look real nice plated, too, if you, uh, if yeah, you have a dinner party or something. absolutely. So we'll do a little on the plate there. Get a little bit of this one. So we have that's, a horseradish cream here. And that's just? It's just sour cream, um, prepared horseradish with the, the juice, the vinegar squeezed out, yeah. a little bit of salt, a little bit of white pepper, white sauce, white pepper. And this is a cranberry and orange compote. This is just cranberries, oh. fresh cranberries, orange juice, a little bit of white wine. And a little bit of that gives you that little salt, bit of Thanksgiving, uh, you know, theme still a little bit. A little bit. Wow, that looks yeah. nice. How come it never looks that nice when I cook? Sometimes it tastes good, but rarely does it look nice. Hey, I've had some fails too. Don't, it's, <laughs> not, it's not all sunshine and, and roses. Wow. Okay, who's going to be the first to try this now that he's plated it? Chris, you up? Oh yeah. Our buddy Chris on staff here. He's going to try it. You're going to have to. Come over, and then the rest of the staff can. You can yeah. dig in and cut it there. Be nice, sir. All right. Now, one of the fails that Chris came up with, and you actually <laughs> saw this somewhere, was the sushi roll. <laughs> yes. Get the sushi roll out. Let's take a look at the sushi okay. roll here. All right. So. Oh, wait, hang on a second. How is that, Chris? Oh, wow. <laughs> you took the whole tail. Oh, well, good, good thing we have plenty left. <laughs> Um, okay, a Thanksgiving sushi roll? So That's me, a family concept. Let me just put this out there. I'm a trained sushi chef. I lived and worked in Japan for a long time, came back. That was my first job in the culinary industry was sushi chef. So that would be more of your specialty. That's yeah, your expertise. and I'm kind of a purist when it comes to it. I have a hard time putting cream cheese in rolls. Okay. I do it because that's what people eat. You know, a lot of mayonnaise... It just doesn't do it for so, me. So what is traditional? It's just the fish and seaweed yeah, and a I couple mean, of basic things? Kewpie mayonnaise, this cute little Japanese Kewpie bottle of mayonnaise. Okay. Um, but yeah, typically it's uh, fish, rice, vegetables, and that's pretty, cucumber and avocado. Okay, and, and those are all standard Absolutely. or more standard, but all the other stuff is yeah. not. Okay. So I've been seeing this for about 10 years now. Everybody does this leftover roll or whatever they want to call it, which is fine, <laughs> you know. And I thought, you know, I just, I could never bring myself to do it. And when we talked about doing this show... I had to. I just couldn't resist. <laughs> so what I did is we have turkey, stuffing, dried cranberries, all right, the nori, which is the, the dried labor seaweed, and to go on it, I made a cranberry teriyaki sauce, actually. Oh, wow. So okay. I took, I, teriyaki is just <laughs> basically water or chicken stock with sugar and soy sauce and mm -hmm. a little bit of salt, and you reduce that down. But when I did it, I actually took fresh cranberries, put them in there, and reduced it down with it. So... We'll see. Uh, I mean, I have gravy if you'd prefer, but I think this would probably be a little... Okay, bit. now, it, it, once I see it, it actually looks like it may be pretty good, but the concept <laughs> seems like a fail if you say to your family, come on over, we're having sushi. Well, I'm not a big fish. No, no. No, yeah. It's Thanksgiving it's sushi. It's <laughs> turkey sushi. It's cooked. It's just... You know, all right, Chris, you're on deck. You've got to try. You're our, the rest of the crew is busy right now, so you've got to try the sushi. And roll. this is actually like a Japanese sandwich. It's finger food, so just pick it up. All right, let's see. I feel like I'm eating sushi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, sushi rolls are pretty malleable. You put something inside, the rice has not a lot of flavor. It's just sugar, vinegar, and the rice. And the nori kind of gets lost in everything, the rice, the, yeah. the labor paper. But, Interesting. Um, yeah, it's... Okay, and then dessert. 
dessert. dessert. Yeah. Right, it's a cake. Yeah, yeah. It's dessert. This would be um, this would be what they call the turkey leftover <laughs> or Thanksgiving leftover cake. Okay, which, so it looks like a cake, folks. It's a white frosted cake, and then you realize that white frosting is. Well, the first time I saw it, I was thinking, it, yeah, it looked like carrot cake. And mm-hmm. I thought, you ju- it's just wrong. It looks like it's going to be dessert, but it eats like a savory pie. <laughs> you know, it's a... Uh, what okay, so it doesn't look bad. If you look at the insides here and you see it's, what's it, tell me the layers. So okay, the, so we have uh, stuffing. Right. Or sorry, dressing nowadays because you don't stuff the bird. Hey, by the way, that was the original fail. Putting something that absorbs liquid inside of a bird that gets dry already when you bake it was not a good idea. The whole stuffing inside the bird. Why did they stuff them? I don't know. Flavor. Maybe that's what for the stuff around. Okay. Yeah, okay. you're right. But yeah, it's absorbing moisture. Exactly. Just stick it on the side. That's so a good point. So we've got dressing. And your bird cooks faster. Absolutely. Wow, okay. You know, the, we talked about those little shake and bake bags you put mm-hmm. them in. They're the best. Interesting. Um, we have uh, dressing, turkey, cranberry, more dressing, mashed potatoes, dressing, turkey, and then potatoes on top. And that's kind of the frosting. That's kind okay. of the frosting. So this is all stuff you'd be eating anyways. A lot of people eat this stuff together. <laughs> the gravy on the side. Here. But... What's the point of this one then, Patrick? Um, extra work. This took me like 30 minutes to make. So couldn't I just and throw all that stuff in bowls and put it out there and you could have it? Or? Well, I mean, why wouldn't you just stuff it between a, two pieces of bread and make a sandwich? Or Okay, that's one of the best things for leftovers is the grilled Thanksgiving oh, leftover yeah. sandwich. Paninis. Yeah, you get the mm-hmm. good bread or panini press or whatever, then you put oh, it in yeah. there and then together. But you got to have that sweet, so you got to put the... The cranberry, the cranberry has to go in there. Or the, well, and the sweet potatoes. I like both no, in there. I thought you were going to say Nutella for a minute. That doesn't no, really work no. with it. Do you have that? It might be a fail. Just no, say. that's one of my favorites. All right, Chris, I guess you're the, you're the <laughs> guinea pig here right now because i got to keep hosting at this point. All right, grab a fork and whatnot, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, how, how long did it take you, aside from the stuff, 30 minutes to just assemble? About 30 minutes. I mean, give or take. I okay. had to whip the mashed potatoes together real quick. Okay. So this so was perfect. actually what we had left over after the show prep today. Oh, Other okay. So you got all that stuff then, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, so. <laughs> oh, well. Uh-oh. <laughs> wait, wait. It should taste like the same stuff. What are you talking about? Too, okay. too many flavors going on? <laughs> okay. What's uh, Those look like meatballs. These are turkey meatballs. Um, mm. And these are simmered. Well, after you brown them. Right. They, they're simmered in a sauce that's a, raspberry, a, a cranberry Barbecue sauce. So this is ground turkey? It's ground 100% turkey. 100% ground turkey. Yeah, and it's, okay. it's thigh meat, ground up. Okay. And it's got a, some onion, garlic, a little bit of seasoning in there. And, and then, then what's the sauce on there? A cranberry? It's a cranberry barbecue sauce. Okay, let's it, try, Chris. Now, I don't own these recipes, and you know, I'm, I'm very particular about what I serve and how it tastes. So um, I did actually doctor these a little bit because some of them weren't very good. Okay, <laughs> so you're trying to make the best out of them. Yes. I'll bet that's actually fairly good. Pretty simple? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, again, this is about conceptual fails, not necessarily. Yeah, and yeah, not the the, um, the the taste afterwards. It's the idea where you're like, okay, why would you put this much work into it? Or the, you know, the the idea of a turkey roll just seems odd to people. So that is a fail there. Yeah, or the uh, well, what did I see? A Powerade basted turkey. What what drunk college kid thought that one up? I mean, okay, really? yeah, what, what's the benefit for, of the Powerade? You could just use any juice. Why are you using the chemicals and everything else? And is Powerade, you really love Powerade flavor that much? I'm guessing it was what was left over in the fridge. Okay. I'm going to get a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about a quick dessert, mm. which seems like it could be pretty good. It's Doc Thompson in for Glenn Beck <laughs> in the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury.
The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper Mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine, and they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, $50 off the purchase of your mattress at Casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. program. Hey there, it's Doc Thompson for Glenn Beck today with celebrity chef Patrick Mosier the day before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We're uh, talking about some um, food successes and some food failures, some things to give you some ideas for the uh, the holiday. If you want to find um, uh, me on Twitter, it's at Doc Thompson Show. If you want Patrick, it's at Food Biz Pro. Is that right? Yeah, at Food Biz Pro on the Twitter. Um, you did make sort of a dessert. It's a popsicle. Yeah, so I've been seeing this for a, a year or two as well. This is a pumpkin spiced popsicle. Oh, that sounds good. So it's it's. A I thought non- it was gravy for a minute. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, gravy pops. Yeah, those haven't they they set, but they've been out for a little they've while. They've been so out be the careful. lights a little bit. There so we go. Little moist. What's the right. so pumpkin spice? What is the is it cream and no? It's actually so it's coconut milk. Coconut milk with uh, pumpkin puree. I right. mean, just re- plain pumpkin. Is there sugar? And then pumpkin pie spice in there. Okay. No sugar. No extra sugar. Ah, uh, there's honey. There's honey. Okay. Honey, yeah. Too, Too thick? thick. Too thick. Yeah. Yeah. How's the flavor? Coconut's overpowering. Yeah. So for me, it's a fail because it's forty degrees or cooler in most of the country. <laughs> Why are you going to eat a popsicle? We can have the pie. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. Well, that's my sister Dana. She she goes one day we're eating pumpkin loaf, right? The, mm-hmm. With the cream cheese filling and the saw, uh, the uh, frosting, whatever. Mm-hmm. And pumpkin loaf is tremendous. Pumpkin bread, that. Oh yeah. Excellent stuff. But she had the best point. She goes, whenever you eat anything else pumpkin, aren't you also thinking, I wish this was pumpkin pie. <laughs> this is great, but boy, I wish it was pumpkin pie. It's the best. Absolutely. All right, so uh, everything pretty good. As you can see, um, the stuff's been hit pretty hard, with the exception of the cake. That was avoided a little <laughs> bit. Tender it pretty hard. But I have to point out to the crew that Buck Sexton didn't have food for you guys yesterday. <laughs> Buck Sexton didn't bring in food the day before. Just so you know, I'm, you know. <laughs> Although I... I'm in on Friday, too, so I've set a precedent here, haven't I? So that might be pretty rough. I'm only three and a half hours away. Oh, okay, very good, very good. So it's at Doc Times at Show and at um, Food Biz Pro for uh, celebrity chef Patrick Mosier. Let's sit down a minute and talk about sure. some of the uh, other trends and things coming in the industry. Um, we're going to talk about business a lot on Friday, as I said, and a lot of people think, oh, I can start a restaurant. Restaurant yes. business is difficult. If you're thinking that you're going to make um, you know, a million dollars opening a restaurant, you've got to think this thing through. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, first and foremost, it's a business. It's not a social game. It's not a place to entertain, although the, you can, that could be part of it. But that's got to be the first fail, though. The Absolutely. first fail is, well, I know how to cook good. I'll open a restaurant. Or, and then second of all, I'll bring all my friends. And- mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what happens. You know, I, I recently consulted with a restaurant in Houston, 
And after four years, they've, uh, they've, they've sunk, you know, over $6 million in this thing. And they, they had to close their doors, unfortunately. Um, it's, it's a sad thing. I mean, is the failure most of the time that they don't, people that start restaurants don't understand what they're getting into? That's part of it. And then you hire your friends and family as staff. Um, and they may not have the experience necessary. It's a science. It's just like any other business. There's an art to it. There are cost to control, uh, plating specs, recipe standards, training standards. There's you, a lot of training. And you do a lot of consulting for this stuff, too. So I you do. have an actual formula, a plan in place that yep. is at least going to be the, the beginning template to be successful. Yeah, we have a very systematic approach to restaurant management. What we do is try to be, bring the advantage that big chains have into uh, independently owned restaurants because most of them don't have chain experience and chains are very systematic you know and and mcdonald's at this time you do this at this time you do that at this time you do that may not apply to your business but we take those parts that do create a system for you and an outline that you can follow so now you manage the system and the system manages these employees sounds good we're going to hear more about this and some of the uh, future trends in restaurants and also restaurant business and eating coming up next on the glenn beck program the glenn beck program Hey there, it's Doc Thompson in for Glenn Beck today. If you have any questions for our celebrity chef, Patrick Mosier, we'll take some. 888 actually, uh, 888 beck 888-727-BECK, if you have any. Um, I got to tell you, the tenderloin, by the way, one of the staff goes, wait a minute, was this supposed to be one of the fails? I was like, no, no, this is an additional suggestion for you if you're worried about fails. Um, the tenderloin with the lobster in it and the mushrooms, I'm amazed at how good it is. Because, I mean, it's tenderloin. You go, okay, it's going to be tenderloin. Yeah. And I like lobster, so you got some lobster, too. But it becomes this whole other thing with the flavors and the mushrooms together. Yeah, that's that, that kind of additional flavor where he talks about umami, that kind of earthy tone. It gives a lot of depth to everything. Mm-hmm. And they were sautéed in two sticks of butter with a little salt and pepper in there, so it really helps. Have you heard of the calamari index? <laughs> the calamari index is um, a, a tool to measure how long a particular item will be trendy on restaurant menus. And it goes back to when calamari was like the trendy item in the late 70s and 80s. And they tracked how long it was popular. And then, like, uh, right now, like, Brussels sprouts are really big right now. Oh, that's the number one vegetable on on menus. The the number one new one. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, how long will it be around? Well, you go to calamari index and you look and you see about how many, like, 18 months trendy, whatever. And it... Most of these start off at like high end restaurants, mm-hmm. and somebody tries to do something different, and then people follow suit, and it goes Absolutely. lower, 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 until finally <laughs> it ends up on like some of the lowest, like price wise or whatever, or most common restaurants out there. And by then, it's everybody's moved on at the upper end. Yeah, so at the end, you get you can get it at Luby's, basically. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's hey, I'm not knocking Luby's. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's just you know lower end price yeah. point or whatever. Um, so what else is out there right now that's really trendy? I mean, we had think about all the things in the past, like like you said, calamari that was big. The shrimp cocktail. Remember, you used to yeah, do the shrimp right. cocktail. And uh, over the last five years, ceviche has really come to. And what is ceviche? Star. So ceviche is a is a seafood that's been marinated in an acid like lemon or lime to cook it. 
um, and then it's served in that juice. With so it's, typically it's, with it's raw, but then the, the acids mm-hmm. uh, essentially cook it, is that yep. what they think of? That's what they do. I had some um, within the last couple of months, and I had not been exposed to it before. And I like some fish. Some fish gets a little fishy for me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was sensational. It was done really well. Well, and the acid kind of helps with that. It takes some of the fishiness away. And the marinade that they use for it in each country in South America is a little bit different. So in, in um, Ecuador, for instance, they use orange juice and ketchup. They actually, they wow. actually pre-cook the fish just a little bit, take some of that broth, put it in with the fish, and then add the orange juice, ketchup, marinade, a little lemon juice, and they let it sit for you know, six to eight hours until it's done and serve it. It's really good with really thinly sliced red onions. Uh. And they serve it with popcorn and plantain chips on the side. It's wait, phenomenal. Wait, popcorn and plantain? Plant- well, Food is about texture not, and temperatures, right? So you want something um, that brings a little extra character to the dish. The okay. popcorn's kind of flavorless, but it adds crunch. And okay, I guess that does yeah. make sense. That's just, yeah, you don't think of that as being served. <laughs> unless it's Snoopy's Thanksgiving, you don't think of popcorn being served with, with a meal like that. Now, can the ceviche be, um, are there are variations on it? Can you do other meats? I mean, I know Absolutely. there's like um, mm-hmm. beef tartare, for example, yeah. or something like that. Can you use the acids to cook other things like that? Um, you can. It um, probably gets a little weird when it gets to meat. It, it does. And, and ceviche, you, can only use, you should only use certain fish. Okay. Things that you know are safe uh, to cook in that manner. You get into beef or chicken, you obviously don't want to do poultry yeah, that way. Yeah, you can't do poultry because no. of salmonella and whatever. Well, I actually had uh, chicken sashimi in Japan one time. That was very interesting. You mean, so raw, like sashimi? Yeah, like I don't know what I was thinking, but I tried it. Wow, what were they thinking? I mean, I guess there's... Uh, I guess they thought the dipping sauce would just take care of everything. <laughs> well, okay, Drinking that's up sake, it's all good, good the, the, next the, day. the raw chicken doesn't sound good, though. No, was it good? Um, I don't remember. <clears throat> I you think were, I blocked it out. You blocked it out or you're pretty drunk, right? Because I'd probably try it if I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I had drank a little bit of sake that day. Okay, so at one time, like you mm-hmm. said, you got shrimp, uh, cocktail. shrimp cocktail. You'd go to dinner parties, fancy whatever, mm-hmm. cocktail receptions, or at, um, at uh, parties or anything mm-hmm. like this, and they would put out the big bowl of shrimp cocktail with oh, yeah. the cocktail sauce in the middle, whatever. And that just went away. We didn't do that. And then we had like lower-end appetizers like... Um, potato skins and mozzarella sticks and all the variations mm-hmm. on those. And, man, those hung around a long time. And then those finally Jalapeno poppers. Jalapeno poppers, mm-hmm. which... And you know what's frustrating about those, too, is that by the time they start becoming commonplace, they're not done as very well. Well, they're not. I mean, the reason that they became popular in the first place was somebody set a standard that no one else was able to achieve. Right? Oh, people it said, was, I love this. Yeah, I want to do this, too. But exactly. you can't do it the same standard. Yeah, and, well, or you can't do it because the price point is different. Mm-hmm. So you have to lower this, the, the quality of the ingredients. Um, your staff may not be as trained. And, and it just kind of trickles down. Well, I can attest to that around here. It's not about cooking, but not as well trained. Yes, I think we all know about that. Well, you've heard my thought. I mean, the, the restaurant industry <laughs> is very diluted right now. Uh, there are so many restaurants and so few qualified employees it, that almost, well, really that's got to make it harder, too. If you have a good product, it's, you know, you got to deal with people trying all this other stuff. It's going to take you longer to be able to make a profit. Yeah, I mean, I've had to, I don't want to say dumb it down, but I've had to simplify menus because I didn't have the staff to execute. I think, wow. you know, look at, you know, Bentonville. We both know the town very well up in yeah. Arkansas. Um, you know, it's a phenomenal economy, some great restaurants conceptually, but I think a lot of times the restaurants don't execute. Um, they just don't have the supporting staff, and not just there. It's it's all over the country. When you, when you, when you say you don't have the well-trained staff, too, is it? I'm certain part of it's got to be about time, you it know, because you you don't have as as many staff members or whatever because of the you know the profit margin and price point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you say trained, because they don't know how to make certain things, or is it? 
What I, skills would would they not have? Well, I think um, so. First, the, the labor pool is kind of diluted. It's smaller to pull from. Okay. So in Bentonville, uh, for instance, they have. We're talking about Bentonville, Arkansas, Bentonville, by Arkansas, the way. The home sorry. of um, Sam's um, and Walmart. Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. So they have say fifty restaurants. Well, they're all pulling from the same 200 employees or 250 or 300 experienced employees. Okay. It's not a college town, and no one's going to drive 30 miles for 50 miles from Fayetteville to get there. And, and you run into that problem in a lot of places. Even Houston, it's a large city, and there are so many restaurants opening all the time. You just can't train enough staff as fast as the restaurants are opening. So they're not as able to make certain dishes. They're not as mm-hmm. fast. They can't hi- hi- handle the volume. Yeah, and you have so a lot of new employees that have never worked in a restaurant before. Some of the other things I remember that used to be uh, really popular, and I always mention this one because it's a great dish and you rarely see it, is Beef Wellington. Yep. Beef Wellington was the thing. When my parents were courting back in the 50s or whatever, <laughs> this would be, you know, the very upscale thing you would go to get, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Beef Wellington is the, probably tender, is it almost always tenderloin? It's a tenderloin with basically a puff pastry around it, and it's got the same mushroom mix that I use. It's called a duck cell okay. on top, and then you wrap it and then you bake it in the oven. Sensational state. So, what's coming in the future? What what types of things are people experimenting with around the the country, the world, whatever that you're likely going to see? Because we've seen things like um, there's been a Korean food explosion and the Korean Huge. food trucks, mm-hmm. Korean tacos and whatever. Um, what are the little sandwiches? The Vietnamese sandwiches? Oh, banh mi. Uh, banh mi. Mm-hmm. We've seen those. Yep. So, what type of things do you think you're going to see in the in the future? Well, I saw a few uh, examples of sushi burgers last week, where they make the patty out of this the sushi rice. Okay, sushi rice. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And then they put whatever filling in between. So it's um, sashimi or some sort of tartare. Okay. It's very interesting. Um, I'm not, you know, again, I'm kind of a purist, so I'm hesitant, but it looks delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the poke bowls we talked about, which is a take on, you know, the marinated tuna or other fish with um, vegetables over a, over a bowl of rice. Um, are we seeing, I mean, we've we got to be seeing more uh, influence from around the world, too, more flavors coming from other places. It's definitely more ethnic and it's simpler, right? The flavors are more simple. It's pure. It's a lot more pure. Uh, well, that's something that I've been focused on recently, too, is it, <laughs> I like a lot of flavor. Yeah. So it's my natural instinct, if I'm cooking something, to go put a lot of stuff in it and put a, not just a lot of an individual, but a lot of different types of stuff in it. I want flavor. When really it comes down to the salt, pepper, garlic, a couple of very simple things. Quality that, of the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes all the difference. So um, I got to believe a lot of this stuff is being driven by millennials now. Yes. Young generations are up. These are people who want quality. They mm-hmm. want fresh. They want simple, yep. right? They want the experience. Explain this experience, too, because you not only consult restaurants, it's uh, grocery stores, you have some familiarity with that and prepared foods in there. Mm-hmm. So really on the business end, what is the experience? Because it's not just restaurants. Let's say somebody owns another business out there and you're trying to bring in um, younger generations. What do you mean by they're looking for an experience? Well, you can go to any restaurant and get food brought to you on a plate uh, for the right price. What people want is something extra, whether that's something that you bring. There's a place in, in Austin. And uh, at the end of the meal, every, they come around with a little, they have a, a cart, and they give everybody a little ice cream cone. It so doesn't cost anything. Yeah, you get to choose one of three flavors or whatever. But it's, it's the, an extra something special. It makes you feel special. It does. It elevates the level of service, the, ele- the level hmm. of food. So this is almost like it, when we of modest means get an opportunity to go to um, an all-inclusive resort or something mm-hmm. like this, and they're, they're treating you at a level of sophistication that you're not used to. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I get to be a little special. I get to be a little exactly. pampered here, that type of thing. Um, and you, you, in your mind, have always thought of that as being wealthier people. Mm-hmm. Is it, it seems to me that the millennials are thinking they want that, yet they're the first generation to make less than their parents mm-hmm. as, as a generation in America. 
So I see them giving up things like they're not buying the house, they're not doing some of these things that cost them money, and instead selectively spending their money on that. I still want some of those things my parents had. Mm-hmm. I still want some of those nice things, but I got to kind of pick and choose. So bang for my buck, too? Is that Absolute. kind of it? I, I think so, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, they're the largest driving force in the food service industry right now. You know, 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, it was the baby boomers. Right. And that's kind of past. Millennials have taken over. Which this is, is hilarious because Generation X was called X because it's the lost generation. I mean, well before millennials had been born. They said, listen, the, the generation that comes after the baby boomer is the lost generation. It's going to be fewer in numbers, and it's Generation X, and they'll be kind of skipped over and blah, blah, blah. So, at which I am Generation X. So during the baby boomers, the whole time, I'm growing up or whatever, it was all about catering to the baby boomers. Catering, and finally, you're too young, kid. It's all about the baby boomers. Get the hell out of here. Now I have come of age. Mm-hmm. Now the generation is here, and they said, we got to go after this generation after them that has so many... So mm-hmm. many people, it's deep pockets, and they skipped right over us. We never had our day in the sun, and now I'm the old guy. You yeah, know what I mean? but so, we're on TV. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right, that's true, at least for this moment. Um, so, yeah, so they just kind of jumped over. Mm-hmm. But they're driving all of this now, this you know, deep pockets, they and are. the Generation X has just kind of, kind of jumped over them. Absolutely. You know, this is a, so the uh, millennials are the first generation to spend more money dining out than on groceries. But they don't cook, right? No, they go to, so they go to Whole Foods. They don't buy, typically they don't buy groceries. They buy prepared foods. Is it that they can't cook or is it the experience? Is it a combination of things? It's, well, I, I think, think, it's, I think it's, it's trading time for money, right? So you can, you, can, you can do that both ways, in earning and in spending. They prefer to spend their time doing other more social activities and save the time cooking. And, and, but get something that's high perceived value and healthfully it's perceived as being very healthful. You're right. So their perception is, and Whole Foods does a nice job. Absolutely. I mean, they can be a little pricey with stuff or whatever, yeah. but they do a very nice job. Um, they, uh, they have the perception, whether it's true or not, and I've got a lot of it probably is, that it's very healthy. Absolutely. So they, is, it, is it also being seen, is it about the bag that I go to Whole Foods, I go to Starbucks, it's I It's the have, new Tiffany's blue bag. Is, is it kind of that as well? So. so you have a little bit of that. They go there and do this, and then they say, I would rather buy this stuff than spend that time preparing the food, mm-hmm. um, and it's worth the money, even if it's a little pricey, right? Absolutely. It's worth it because then I can spend that time doing whatever else. Yeah. Interesting. Fascinating stuff. Um, you want to understand how to make money in the world, you got to understand some of these concepts. And we're just trying to figure this stuff out as well because, as I said, I've been fascinating about business, and I, I want to help people as much as possible. Let me get a quick break in. We'll be back with more with celebrity chef Patrick Mosier. On Twitter, it's FoodBizPro. If you need restaurant consulting, you need questions answered, information, He'll tweet with you. It's at Food Biz Pro, and it's at Doc Thompson Show for me. Back in a minute on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn Beck. Want to see Glenn live? If you're coming to Texas, you can. Join us at Mercury Studios in Dallas for a taping of Glenn's television show. To reserve your seat, email tickets at glennbeck.com with your information. That's tickets at glennbeck.com. Mercury.
Hey there, it's Zach Thompson with the Food Biz Pro, Patrick Mosier, celebrity chef. Go to at Food Biz Pro on Twitter and he'll engage with you there. It's at Doc Thompson Show for me. Please uh, follow both of us. Um, what is the future going to hold for, for uh, supermarkets? Because I keep seeing these trends about people like growing things in the supermarket. And I got to believe that's the future. If you want to make money, folks, I think this is one of the, mm-hmm. one of the answers. So hyper-local sourcing is not just affecting the grocery industry, but restaurants as well. A lot of restaurants locally have, sourced. I got a place out back yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they grow their herbs, their yeah. tomatoes, a few items. But that's, I think that's the, the next trend in the grocery industry. Rooftop gardens, hydroponic walls. You can go in and pick the tomatoes you want. Um, go on the rooftop and watch them harvest the carrots that are going to be served or that are going to be uh, wow. sold in the restaurant an hour later. Yeah, because I've seen that in a lot of urban settings where they, like mm-hmm. grow microgreens in a warehouse and distribute mm-hmm. to all the restaurants or on a rooftop in New York or somewhere. And a lot of that's going on. But I think 20, 30 years, maybe not, maybe 10, five years down the mm-hmm. road, you may go into your grocery store and stuff where it's spatial, spatially able to do this, mm-hmm. where you will just pick the mm-hmm. tomato right off the vine. They get a higher yield when it's hydroponics or aeroponics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps growing. And you want to talk fresh, right? Well, yeah. You, you, and you, that's the biggest thing right now. People are very concerned with nutritional value and healthful food. All right. So the, the, the minute that corn, like corn, the minute you pick corn, it's hard to grow in a grocery store. But for instance, right. four minutes after it comes off the stock, it already starts to lose its sugar. Within 20 minutes, it's at 40% of what it originally wow. was, somewhere in there. I don't know if that's the exact but percentage, it's, yeah, but it's, it's really low. Um, and you think about the environmental impact on something that's bred for packing, like a tomato. Mm-hmm. It's, all the way, it's, it's grown in California, shipped all the way across the country. Why not just buy something local that costs more? You know, and um, going to be fresher. Exactly. But it's, it, you know, when you talk about the environmental footprint. Yeah, that's the, that's the wave of the future. At some point, you're going to see a lot more of that. Let's capitalize on it. Let's make money. You're a business person. You want to do it? Somewhere in there is the idea for you, potentially. More business stuff coming up Friday morning on this The Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.